Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Everybody, happy Monday. Welcome to the Donna and Steve experience on My Talk 1071, where talk is fun. Thank you so much, everybody, for another successful project down and dirty in the record books. We did it. What did we raise it to? Uh, 95? 90, over $96,000. Thank you all so, so much on behalf of our charity partners. That was super, super fun. It was so fun. I would like to open the show with an email. Okay. This comes from our buddy in New York City. Who goes by Brit in the city? Brit in the city. Yeah. Hi, runners up. Sorry, too soon. (laughs) Honestly. Just wanted to pop in and say y'all played an incredible game and sure kept Lojay on their toes. I've never been so stressed in my life watching that final game. I was in New York at Comic-Con all day on Friday, then got back home just in time to kick back, rest my feet, watch the stream. I was expecting a nice, relaxing showdown, but oh no, the final match had my body clenching for the full set, and I was not expecting the epic showdown that it was. It was delightful watching your partnership play out on a pickleball court. Lots of classic Donna and Steve moments. Uh, And also, a big shout out to Mike for the amazing play-by-play announcing, I agree, he and Phil... Mm-hmm. were really fun they were together. Great. They were great. Very funny. I laughed out loud quite a few times. Um, anyway, she was hoping we'd pull through in the end, but glad at least we kept it close. Did the we not time. end up winning? I don't think we won, Steve. Oh, well, that soils it a touch, huh? Just a little bit. I mean, it hurts more because it was so close. If we were getting killed, I mean, it was tied up like you know what's every funny? couple of points. It was like, oh, no. Yeah, listen, I... If you are hearing Brit's, Britain City's email there and thinking, okay, was it really? Listen, how this played out on Friday was Holly and Dingleberry start us off with an exhibition so match good. that had the whole crowd <laughs> wrapped around their finger. It was, we were all on the sidelines saying, well, nothing will top this. This is, this is so entertaining. And, and Dingleberry in an inflatable bear costume magically gets some hits in, gets the ball over. Every time he does, the crowd's like, yeah. I mean, it was so... I was very proud of Dingleberry on Friday night. So oh entertaining. My God, so oh, my good. gosh. And Holly, you played really well yeah. in that game. I mean, it all came together. It was very fun. And then we start the tournament, and uh, show versus show, and uh, we topped Jason and Alexis in the first round, and LoJ beat Bradley and Dawn in, the, in, in their first round. So then we knew we were going to be playing... Loj, yeah, and, and, and that's how we were hoping it would pan out behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, uh, those two teams. We were like, we want to. It should be a championship match. It would be so fun. And we had scrimmaged them four times. Yeah, we won twice. We lost twice. Right. And so it felt very even. And I said to you, going into it, I feel like they have a slight edge mm-hmm. on us, mm-hmm. but I think we could. You know, who gets hot? It wasn't until I went and watched bits of it back. I forgot 
like who got up. There were so many lead changes. There were so many ties. Yeah. It was like, you know, when you watch a, a tennis match and it's advantage, deuce, advantage, yes. deuce again. Yes. It felt like that. It just kept going back and forth. They'd get up by a couple. Then we'd get up. We'd and, tie it up. <laughs> then we'd get up by a couple. Then they would tie it up. Yeah. I was getting so tired. I was like, okay, it's happening. <laughs> I was getting really tired, but that was super, super fun. And to the people who came out and they made shirts supporting their teams, yeah. i.e., ours, um, thank you for that. It, I have to tell you. So, if you know, if you missed it, LoJ, you play to eleven. We ended up going into pickleball's version of overtime because you have to win by two. Yes. And so they ended up winning fifteen to thirteen. But there were, I said this after, and I, I've i now had a couple of days, and it is not hyperbole. I told Amy Daniels this, Grant, Julia, pretty much anyone who would listen, that I played basketball in high school. That was 21 years ago that I graduated. Mm-hmm. and Me too. Okay. <laughs> not the 21 years part, but I played basketball as well in high school. Okay, so I remember we won the championship my senior year, and just the competitive atmosphere was so fun. That was such a little blessing in a nearly 40-year-old's life to have an opportunity to be in an athletic competition where it's not just the people involved, but gosh darn it, we had a crowd that was there, and they were so into it. Guys, I cannot express to you the the decorum of the championship match. Here's what would happen. Let's say you score a point. Then people cheer, people cheer. They turn the music up. Our production team, Pat and his team, incredible. Because then, like you were at a baseball game or a basketball game, they would turn the music up. So here comes Highway to Hell or something like that. Everybody's cheering. And then they call out, two serving one. And then the crowd hushes. And it's quiet for your serve. And the crowd noise picks up slowly as the volley goes back and forth. To the point where by the end, when we had game points, they had game points. They don't yeah. get tied up again. Yep. There was a moment where I went to surf. The only thing I could hear in this very noisy room was my breath. Same. And I was like, oh, my God, can everyone hear me breathing like this? Because <laughs> I was like. <sighs> it was it was so exhilarating. And I just thought I will never in the same way that after I did Project Down and Dirty Comedy my first year with the team and people have said, oh, will you do stand up again? And I thought. Well, no, unless you can get me a room with 2,000 people who want to see me succeed, why would I ever do stand-up comedy again? Like, it was such a unique experience. Mm -hmm. I am confident I'll live the rest of my days and never have an athletic competition moment like that. Because guess what, Donna? No one's coming to watch me play pickleball if I play pickleball again. That's true. That's true. Will you play again, though? Like, I feel like I want to go play with friends. I'll, I'll, I'll play, yeah. Holly, will you? Oh, I, I would totally play a pickup game. I was talking with my mom over the weekend. They She has a pickleball court in her neighborhood. There you go. Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, that would be a fun team thing to do since now we know every single one of us is familiar with the game. Yeah. We could play. Maybe we'll get a my talk team. What? <laughs> I remember... <laughs> I remember you were talking about feeling tired while we were playing it. And shout out to all you pickleballers who put in hours a day. There was a time where after we had a, a dramatic point and I posted the video on Instagram and I have the the, the court burn to prove me sliding there. It yeah. hurt badly after the fact. But after that, I come over, we switch sides and it's really competitive at that point. Now it's like six to five us and we're switching sides of the court so that we both serve from both sides. 
And I came over to you and I held my racket up in front of my face and I said, hey, I'm just over here talking to you, but just because I'm really tired, I just have nothing to say. I just needed a minute for the adrenaline dump yes, to come down. Totally. Because there were these moments where there were back and forth volleys and then we would get it. And like, I'm just saying the tension that people were talking about, you're thinking, come on, it's pickleball. It's just for charity. The tension of that final match was so fun. Mm-hmm. I just am so mm-hmm. to the point where I didn't even care much that we lost because Same. the experience ended up being so much more than I thought it would be. Me too. Two things. Yes. How relieved was everybody that the the um, ref was calling the score? Oh, yes. Very relieved. I wish Thank they would have told us great. that earlier. Then Me we wouldn't have spent so much time saying, wait, is it 0-2-2? Right. Oh, yeah. Well, I was calling the score for our game. Oh, you were. Yeah, I was. I was oh. getting a little winded. Yeah, I mean, it's like you have to do math, and then you have to concentrate on your yeah, strategy. Um, that, and, oh my gosh, what was the other thing I was going to say? I can't remember, but I went to my cabin on Saturday, and I'm like, okay, i got to get things done. I've got to put furniture away, get ready for winter. Yeah, I sat on the couch. I put stuff away in the fridge and nothing else. Sat on the couch at 3 o'clock. I slept until nine o'clock. I just, I didn't watch anything. I didn't read anything. I didn't drink anything. I didn't slept on the couch. I just on and off like napped Mm -hmm. all day. And then at nine o'clock I got up and went to bed and I slept through the night. My wrists hurt. My ankles hurt. My neck hurts. My back hurts. I iced my elbow again last night as I was sleeping. Yeah. I mean, there's some leftover residue. Yeah. I will say that. Faux sure. So oh, here's the second thing I was going to say. I know we got to go to break. Uh, we don't have to work for Lori and Julia. I thought the losers of the final match had to work for the winning team. It's the losers of the tournament. Which I feel real Bradley bad and about. Dawn. Yeah. That was a big relief because right after we lost for the us. match, <laughs> we came over and right right after we lose. So now they're celebrating. We're, we're you know, like, okay, well, the game is over. Yeah. And then you said to me, now we got to work for them. And right. I was like, oh, And Lori comes up Friday. to me and she goes, guess what? We're picking a Friday for you guys to work I know. for. It's what like, a guess woman, what, huh? Lori? We don't have to work for you. There we go. Yeah. 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 Thank you, everybody. Anyway, so fun. Again. Yeah. Thanks to the audience there for making it fun and feeling extra dramatic for all of us. Absolutely. Hey, when we come back, some sad news. Some uh, out of Hollywood. Uh, we lost Suzanne Summers. Uh, let's talk a little bit about her career and, and whatnot when we come right back on My Talk 1071. Hey, what's up, friends? Stevie Boy for my buddies at The Canopy Group. Uh, you know, at The Canopy Group, I've been telling you guys this, they've got 16 companies. They have a team of 40 professionals. They've really revolutionized the home and auto insurance marketplace. So here's a little challenge for you, okay? Call your current home and auto insurance agent and have them shop your insurance with 16 different companies and then provide the pricing from their top five companies. Okay, just call your agent up today and ask if they'll do that. Now, you should be prepared. There's probably going to be a pretty long pause there. Why? Well, because most agents only have one company, so they can't. Furthermore, these agents are counting on the fact that you won't shop around either. Ain't nobody got time for that. Well, call the Canopy Group. They do the shopping for you. They provide you the best results from their top five companies. They've got 16 to choose from, and they will show you the best coverage. They're going to get you better coverage. It's going to be at a better price. I'm telling you, put it to the test today. TheCanopyGroup.com. That's TheCanopyGroup.com. 
Hey, guys. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. It's us, Donna and Steve, on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Oh, this is just so sad. Suzanne Summers, of course, from the hit show Three's Company, uh, also step by step. She passed away yesterday after a 23 year battle with breast cancer. Today would have been her 77th birthday. You know, it also sounds like in the write up about it, like the initial release from her, her team, that it was, though a long battle with cancer, that her death sounds unexpected. Yeah. In that the, the family had gathered to celebrate her birthday. And right. now instead they will gather to celebrate her life. It was to the tune of that that the, the announcement came out. So, so yeah. sad. Yeah, I was not expecting that at all because she always seemed so. I mean, not that, you know, we've seen her of late, but whenever you did hear from her, she was always so positive and seemed, you know, like she was fighting the good fight and and on the other side of it, you know. Yeah. But anyway, um, so she was one of the first people. OK, she was in Three's Company um, and she was kind of the star of the show. And. We have a clip of her explaining why she was let go of Three's Company after six seasons. Mm. Uh, she was probably one of the first people to fight for uh, more money or equal pay. Here's what she said. It was year six and my contract is now up. I want you to pay me what you're paying the men. And I say to John and Joyce at the end of the season before, you know, my contract's up. You two have already renegotiated. I'm going to ask for big money and a piece of the back end. And if you two back me up because we have favored nations, we'll all get it. So I'll be the patsy. In the morning when my husband had left for this meeting, he said, you know, this could all blow out of the water. And I said, they're not going to get rid of Chrissy. (laughs) Never think that you're not replaceable. Rule number one. Mm. Yeah. I mean, but listen. if she was okay, I think when you go in and you you offer an ultimatum, you have to be able to walk away, yeah. you know, and understand that that could happen. And if you are, that that takes all of the tension out of that moment. Certainly reduces it significantly, right? But yeah, it's interesting to hear her perspective on that yeah. and, and her telling what that was like. I remember I, I would watch Three's Company as a kid in syndication. And uh, and just loved it. I'm Bradley Trainer, and I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like: This A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Like every kid, you know, had a crush on Suzanne Summers. Um, and then, but I, I really grew up with her on TGIF, step by step. Oh, yeah. That was where I really... Watched her and knew her a part of that. Was that Patrick Duffy? That was. It was. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that was, it was good to see him in a different kind of role. Yeah. At that point, because he was coming off of Dallas. And I've never seen an episode of Dallas. Oh, and so weird. I only know Patrick Duffy from Step by Step. Well, and of course, Suzanne Summers uh, was a mastermind, the creator of the Thigh Master, which I had as a kid. <laughs> I think I was 12 or 13 and I had a Thigh Master. And it was just. 
It was great because you could be sitting there watching TV and just doing this little inner thigh, outer thigh uh, thing. She was very business savvy. She made $300 million off the Thighmaster over the years because I guess it was 1999 for one. Um, here she is talking about that. I use the Thighmaster every day of my life. I do 50 in the morning, 50 mid-afternoon, and 50 while I'm lying in bed at night. And I could crack walnuts with my thighs. <laughs> <laughs> I live a good life. And um, 1995 times 10 million. So kind of do the math, you know, and, and we're probably at 15 million now. We had partners 50-50 and they got drunk on money when they all started selling and they they overspent to the point where they could no longer afford to be in their side of the business. So we bought them out. We have 100%. Damn. Oh, my gosh. A lot of money. All you need is one, one thing, one gimmick, one thing that people are going to fall for, sell it for 15, 20 oh. bucks. <laughs> <laughs> fall for it. No, this is, she revolutionized thighs in America. That's right. That was amazing. Anyway, um, Suzanne Summers um, died at the age of 76, almost 77. Also, um, horror icon Piper Laurie passed away on Saturday. She was 91 years old. Her rep said she hadn't been well for some time. You would probably know her best, not you, Steve, because you probably never saw it, for playing the mom in the uh, Stephen King horror classic, Carrie. Uh, she got an Oscar nomination for that one and two more for The Hustler and Children of a Lesser God. She was also in the original Twin Peaks TV series. And, uh, yeah. And there was somebody else who died. Am I missing somebody else? I feel like, oh, um, Mark Goddard, Goddard from the Lost in Space hmm. TV series. So. Is this one of the Hollywood times that comes in threes? Yeah, situations? exactly, Steve. You know who told me that Suzanne Summers died was Daniel the Painter. Oh, really? Our Canadian listener from Australia, Daniel. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, he's, he sent me that via DM on Instagram. And his partner, Becca, had sent me uh, a picture earlier the day before. And she was like, he can't. Stop. Like, look how tense he is. And it was him watching the live stream of the pickleball match. And he was just like curled over his TV watching it. (laughs) Couldn't look away. I got a question. People like Roger Federer, Rafa Nadal, all these guys, these, these big time players. How do they do these matches that last five hours? And it goes into a gazillion tiebreakers and it like set five ends up being... 21 to 19. I have no idea. I mean, I we think did they're... like 35 minutes and I felt like I ran a marathon. Yeah, me too. I'm still feeling it today. I thought I was going to have to stop at the pharmacy and get a walker. You saw my scab. I did see your scab. Workman's comp. What are we doing? <laughs> All right, we'll be back. All right, bye. Hey guys, my name is Steve Patterson and I'm here to tell you about Janice and Dinner Theaters. They have so many great things going on out there. When's the last time you got out there and enjoyed a little bit, my friends? So much for you to check out. How about the main stage? The incredible Jersey Boys. I saw it. 
You are going to love this. Bring your friends, bring some fam. You'll hear all the stories and songs of Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Think of the songs. Oh, what a night. Sherry, can't take my eyes off of you. It is pure entertainment. So many nostalgic moments. You'll enjoy a terrific dinner as well. Maybe the chicken chan or maybe a great steak, huh? Leave room for a giant piece of chocolate cake, though. That is my pro tip for you. You've got yourself the perfect night out. Now's the time, by the way. Get your seats now before that holiday rush, my friends. And how about the uh, great concert series coming up as well in the fireside? we got fan favorites, the fabulous Armadillos, the Wild Angels, uh, the Michael Jackson Family Review, which I heard is just incredible tributes to the Carpenters, Sting, and more. And then Stevie Ray's Comedy Cabaret, Improv Comedy at Chan Asin Dinner Theaters every Friday and Saturday night. Tickets, ChanAssinDT.com. Donna and Steve on my talk 1071, where talk is fun. Hey, Queen. Hey, Steve. Are you going to read the Britney Spears book? Um, No. Okay. I hope you do, though. I don't think I shall. I think I'll just, yeah, maybe I will. Maybe Why don't I will. you put down Flowers of the Killer Moon or whatever and um, shift into, when's the Britney book coming out? Next week. Oh, my God. I think. She just released a, a trailer for the book, whatever that means. Here's what it means. It's just text appearing on a screen, I guess, on her Instagram account. Do you want me to tell you what it says? Yes. Thank you. I actually envy the people who know how to make fame work for them. My demeanor was innocent, and it wasn't an act. I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like I was living on the edge of a cliff. I don't want it to be real. This is just a dream. If you stood up for me when I couldn't stand up for myself from the bottom of my heart, thank you. No one knows what I really thought until now. That's it. That's the teaser. It's called The Woman in Me. It comes out, uh, I guess, a week from tomorrow. And the audio version, again, will mostly be narrated by Michelle Williams. What do you mean mostly? I guess Brittany does a little bit. Oh. Maybe like the foreword or the intro Probably, or something like that? Yes. Okay. That is correct. Thanks, Donna. I wonder how Michelle Williams got roped into this. <laughs> well, I could, uh, I'll, I'll guess. Uh, money? Yeah. Commas were involved, <laughs> would be my guess. Hey, there you go. All right. And, and she also played Marilyn Monroe, nominated for an Oscar. So maybe they thought, hmm, Michelle Williams can capture that essence. Yeah, maybe. Ooh. Great actress. Very. Great actress. I wonder what would Michelle Williams sound like at 2.2 speed on my Audible? Is that how you listen to all Oops, of them? I did it again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I cannot handle that. Oh, that makes me so anxious. Yeah, me too. You know, I, I, I posted a little example of how the speed at which I was listening to the Walt Disney book, and uh, it was sort of a mixed review, actually. Quite a few people who said, yes, I cannot listen to a book at 1.0. It is so slow. People sharing then their speeds. A lot of people that hang around the 1.5 to 1.8 range. Once you get mm. north of 2, you are moving fast. You you do need to concentrate. But in the same way that they teach you with speed reading, that you can read faster than you think. You don't have to sub-vocalize mm-hmm. every word. You can you can understand faster than you, you can think. look at it right without saying the word in your head. And when somebody talks really fast, you'd be surprised if when you go back and you listen. It's like, oh, I actually heard everything they were going to say. I have never listened to a book on audio, I tried to. I tried to read or listen to 
Is it called I Know Why the Caged Bird Bird Sings? Yeah, Maya Angelou. My, yep. Tried to listen to that book and I was like, yeah, this just isn't for me. Which is weird because I'm not, I'm a slow reader. Yeah, it'd be great in your car, your commute. Even if you just did it at normal speed. Then you kind of get excited when you get into the car. If you get a good book and whatever speed you listen to it at, if you get a good book, you're excited about that little errand because you're like, okay, great. 16 more minutes in the car. This is great. Let's listen to more. Here's the thing, Steve. I don't have all that digital stuff in my car. That's true. Also, did you go off-roading this weekend? Because I parked behind your car, which used to be black, mm-hmm. now is brown. <laughs> what happened up there? Well, it's very muddy. There's a lot of dirt roads. But you go to the cabin a lot, and you don't your your vehicle doesn't come back that dirty. It's very dirty right now. Mm, actually, it does. It's always dirty when I come back. This is the dirtiest I've ever seen it. Here's the thing: you need to sell that. I don't care. You know, there are people who are like, I got to get to the car wash right now. I'm like, who cares? We had to go on a dirt road all summer due to a closure in Chaska. The same thing where we thought, well, we just have to wait until the end of the summer when the construction is done because we're going to be right back on that dirt road. Right. I I I wash my car like maybe six times a year. When are we getting rid of that sucker? We were all excited about maybe getting a new car yeah. about six months ago. And I was like, all right, here goes Didi. Yeah, but then we've got these workers striking. We've got, you know, all the costs of everything has gone up. Everything's expensive. I thought maybe I'll just spend $600 on spark plugs. I know my bumper's falling off, too. That, that was a little problem. I, th- I felt like you were, and, and then we were trying to figure out, do we get that fixed? Or yeah. do we sell it? Where are we? What's a, we need to look up the value of your car, maybe after the show. Maybe during a commercial break. Yeah, crack that Kelly Blue Book. Yeah. KBB. Okay. Yeah, or maybe I'll just buy a car out of a vending machine. Yeah, that you can do that. By the way, I am I I have no room to speak here. Glass house. I have had my my new vehicle since February. And I still have my other vehicle. I need to sell it. Why my don't wife, you just trade it in? Because you get a worse price when you trade it Absolutely, but it's a lot more convenient. That is true. Um, I would like to sell it now, and so I want to sell it. But then you got to, like, do it. And then you got to meet with people, and then, yeah, the exchange, and here's the title, and you got to do all that. Maybe I should just offer my brother-in-law, say, hey, here's $200. Just sell it for me. Yeah. You know, know, finder's fee. I think it's good to sell to, like... A kid. Like, my vehicle would be perfect for somebody who's 16 or 17, just learning how to drive, you know? Yeah. It's kind of a beater. Like, here, drive this for a year. The bumper is actually still hanging off. We got to maybe address that part. Do you think we do? Nah. Yeah. I didn't want to report it. I get you. Well, I did call the person because the person backed into me, and I called her, and she didn't call me back. I don't have time to get into this, but wait a minute. <laughs> she backed into you. You weren't at fault in this. I forget. I don't believe so. We were both backing out of spaces and I looked behind me. I looked like five, 10 times and I'm like, okay. And I started backing out. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, bam, we both backed into one another. First of all, I agree. Backing up is tricky, especially if you don't have a smart 
updated system. Correct. With with rear view mirrors and or, or those backup cameras and things like that. Correct. It's tricky. Yeah. And you do. You just have to keep looking, like turning your crane and your neck around. You're looking in the mirror above you, yeah. the side view mirror. And you're like, okay, around. got it. It just takes one person not looking to see if anyone else is backing out. But check this out, this um, feature that I found in my car over the weekend, much to the annoyance of people, but I found out after the fact. I was walking my son into basketball practice yesterday. I had my two of my other kids were in the car, and I said, all right, you guys just stay here. It's all moms and dads out in this parking lot. Just stay here. I'm going to run them in, and I don't want to get you out of the seat and all that kind of stuff. I said, I'm going to leave the car. He's... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the keys with me. I'm going to lock it so you won't have to worry about is anyone going to come up and open the door? I'll be out in two minutes. Well, apparently, as I'm walking away, I hear beep, beep, beep. And I was like, is that coming from my car? And Grayson said, oh, I bet you Lila tried opening a door or something like that. So then I just lock it with my remote. Turns out when I went in there, it started beeping again. And do you know why I figured it out? No. This Hyundai has a smart feature in it. To alert you so that you don't accidentally, God forbid... Leave your baby in the car? Leave your baby in the car. Shut your face. That is why it was doing that. It is so that because I walked away with the keys and locked it, so now it felt like you're leaving the car and going inside somewhere, and the car was not on. It's not like I was like running the AC in there or something like that. Right. And that's why it started honking. That's Isn't cool. that smart? Yeah, that's very smart. Well, and, me, and by the way, yes. no, go ahead. No, no, no. No, you go. I was going to say, exactly. t- tell me one of the things that your your car is doing. None of that. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, my car, I if I, it's a push button. Mm-hmm. If I leave my car running accidentally, I'm not sure it even tells me that the car is running. Yeah. It just, I'll come back and it'll still be running and I'll be like, what? Anyway. That's not why you called. Kudos to moms and dads out there because I think about that all the time when I see, I don't know, say a, a mom meeting a dad at the airport and she's got all the kids and strollers and whatnot. Yes. You have to park the car, you have to unbuckle the kids, and you have to rebuckle them. And that is a lot of work. When you have a baby. Yeah. And it feels oh very my tedious. Gosh. That, and it's that like, work. The, yes. That's a lot. You want to go grocery shopping. You want to go to Target. Now I know why my mom left us in the car so much as kids. Same. She was you like, stay here. That? I'll be back. I'm going to go grocery shop. And then we just sit in the station wagon for a while. <laughs> That's true. So true. So yeah, I, I kind of felt old school leaving the kids there yesterday. But then the car was a little new school. and was like, hey, don't be a bad hey. dad. Hey. Exactly. Uh, hey, getting back to the um, the Britney Spears book, which comes out next week, The Woman and Me. Jessica Simpson, uh, I guess, was in a parking lot with one of her kids, and a fan ran up to her and asked for her autograph. Oh, fun. Expecting it to say Britney Spears. Oh, no. And instead, it said Jessica Simpson, and so she kind of made a joke about it, like, when someone asks for an autograph, expecting you to write down Britney Spears. Oh, bugger. That's unfortunate. It's kind of like you in the red carpet with what's-her-face. With uh, Catherine McPhee, mm-hmm. and I did the interview as though she was Sophia Bush, much to Catherine McPhee's surprise. Just quickly, I just knew them both so well. That's what's the most disheartening about all of that. I watched American Idol every episode. My wife watched One Tree Hill. I knew Sophia Bush. 
I said to the publicist, can we get Sophia? And he said, yes. And then she came over, but still my brain was so deeply crossed at that point that when I, I started with a really solid journalistic question of, so you're in One Tree Hill, and she looks at me and says, I am? And that's when the world closed in on me. I woke up in an emergency room. Not really. (laughs) But that was a bummer of a moment. Oh, Steve. You know, we all make those rookie mistakes in our careers. But I knew them so well. It's, you know, that how? I don't know. Let's take a break. All right. Um, When we come back, you know, I want you to hear Pete Davidson's cold open for Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. Um, This happened this Saturday. And he was addressing the conflict in Israel. Mm -hmm. And I thought he did a really, really nice job of how he handled it. Same. And he immediately addresses the, I know what you're thinking, WTF, why is Pete Davidson talking to us about this? And then he really catches you off guard. So we'll let you listen to that when we come back and see something, say something. Next. Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071, everything entertainment. Holly Roberts hangs with us for one more segment. Hey. So let's uh, get to it without any further ado. Hey, if you see something, say something. Oh, that is catchy, huh? Time for If You See Something, Say Something with Donna and Steve. If you see something, say something. Come on and party tonight. I forgot SNL was returning this weekend. Donna, you were asleep. We were in it is true. post-project down and dirty. Coma. Our bodies yes. were, were recovering. That is true. Uh, but it, it was back on, and their their host was Pete Davidson, who was supposed to host back in May right? before the strike happened, the sag after strike and the writer strike and all that right, kind of right. stuff. Um, and so anyway, he was now their first host back for this new season. And he did a cold open to the show. This is all I've seen from the show. And so I know there was a Travis Kelsey sighting later, a mm-hmm. Taylor Swift sighting later and stuff like that. But the only part that I have seen was this opening part. And this is the cold open before they get to a monologue. Usually when they do that sketch that ends with the, you know, live from New York. But I thought Pete Davidson did a really nice job addressing what was happening. So this is just Pete alone, kind of a dark background. And here he is. This week we saw the horrible images and stories from Israel and Gaza. And I know what you're thinking, who better to comment on it than Pete Davidson? (laughs) Well, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, I am a good person to talk about it because when I was seven years old, uh, my dad was killed in a terrorist attack. So I know something about what that's like. Um, I saw so many terrible pictures this week of children suffering, uh, Israeli children and Palestinian children. And uh, it took me back to a really horrible, horrible place. And, um, you know, no one in this world deserves to suffer like that, you know, especially not kids, you know. Um, After my dad died, my mom tried uh, pretty much everything she could do to cheer me up. I remember one day when I was eight, uh, she got me what she thought was a Disney movie, uh, but it was actually the Eddie Murphy stand-up special, Delirious. And we played it in the car on the way home, and, and when she heard the things Eddie Murphy was saying, uh, she tried to take it away. Um, but then she noticed something. Uh, for the first time in, in a long time, I, I was laughing again. Um, I don't understand it. Uh, I really don't, and I never will. But sometimes 
comedy is really the only way forward through tragedy. Um, you know, my heart is with everyone whose lives have been destroyed uh, this week. Um, but tonight, I'm going to do what I've always done in the face of tragedy, and that's try to be funny. Um, remember, I said try. <laughs> and live from New York, it's Saturday night. Oh. I thought he did a great job. He did. That was really eloquent. It was really authentic and genuine. Absolutely. And, uh, kudos to the, the team at SNL for allowing the space to set the table for why they would, you know, do right. what, what they'd be thinking of, what they are aware of as they try to then go out and make people laugh for the next 90 minutes. But I, I thought that, that was very well done. So kudos to yeah. B. Davidson. Um, yeah, I feel like they've there have been a few occasions when SNL was coming on after something tragic, including, you know, 9-11. Um, and they always, you know, try to say something up front, which I think is really important. Uh, by the way, Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds are donating a million dollars to the International Committee of the Red Cross uh, to help the children in Israel and Gaza. So, um, you know, they've got four kids and they are always really good about sending financial aid to causes that are important to them. So I thought that was really something worth noting. Um, You know, in the past, they've matched up to a million dollars in donations that were sent to the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees. That was after Russia invaded Ukraine. Um, I feel like they also didn't they also recently donate to SAG-AFTRA? Um, to that fund. actors fund, yes, perhaps, yes. For, Wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. Yeah, so they're doing really great things, and I just thought that was worth uh, mentioning. Did you watch sixty minutes last night? Forgot. Um, I saw some bits of it though, and uh, you know they were talking about the everything that has happened in Israel the last week, and oh my gosh, I mean, just crazy. They, they were talking with people who were in, I believe it's. Uh, in, in a kibbutz, so like in this really small town, kind of like off the grid living, and this couple who you know obviously survived, but they were talking about they like suddenly hearing like sounds and realizing, wait, I think there's a conflict like coming toward us in our house. Oh my gosh! And and they're and again, it's not. Um, my understanding is that part of Israel's like. Off the beaten path. So think like up north, I right, guess, here right. in Minnesota. Like in the woods. Yeah. yeah. So imagine if you were at your cabin and then you heard the sounds of war coming closer. And at one point, this couple was talking and they said it sounded so close. And I almost wondered, are they in the house? Turns out there was video afterward that that these members of Hamas had taken and then posted. And they were right on their porch. <gasps> And they were, you know, conducting war right there on their porch. And they saw this after and they had called their their father and said, like, I, I think they're here. They might even be in the house. And he was like, stay in that room. Say nothing. Be, be in this. There's this barricaded room that apparently all of the kids rooms in this community where your children stay is extra reinforced with cement meant to be able to withstand an attack. Oh my and God. so they were in there and they're talking to their, their three-year-old and one-year-old saying, we have to be quiet. I know this is hard, but we this is a time when we have to be quiet. And they did, these little kids. I, how do you get a one-year-old oh, gosh. to be quiet and understand? I know. It's, you've, you've uh, God only knows, but fortunately they did. But oh my gosh, they just, they showed that. And um, 
you know, obviously yeah. the, oh. some of the stories that you've heard about what they did to these these poor children is just absolutely sickening. So oh. anyway, um, the fact that that all sort of going back to, you know, starting with Pete Davidson and his awareness, it mm-hmm. sounds like he was looking and talking about the children suffering. That, that was all very real. So yeah. anyway. Um, can we lighten things up for a sec? We can. Uh, do you have an update on that Bigfoot sighting in I didn't Colorado? mean to bring an update today, but then I went to TMZ this morning <laughs> and the top story that I saw said Bigfoot sighting. Scientists should be on the case, not cops. So say cops. Uh, this comes after there was, uh, there have been multiple alleged Bigfoot sightings that scientists and anthropologists are trying to figure out what's going on. This according to the Colorado cops, there was this viral video shot in one of their national forests and there were people on a train ride and then they took like cell phone video and it appeared to be like a, a, a Bigfoot. I think it appeared to be someone in a Jack Link's, you know, like uh, messing with Sasquatch yes. kind of a costume. <laughs> it all just and it seemed like, you know, as as I think Mike said last week, almost like somebody knew the train was going to be coming by and set up this big elaborate prank. Uh, but the cops are like, look, this shouldn't be our thing. We need the scientists to really lead the way and do some digging to figure out what is going on here. Believers claim that this uh, is Bigfoot that was walking through the San Juan National Forest. And uh, the U.S. Forest Service told us it cannot say if that new footage that got online last week, if it's real or if it's fake. Okay. But it sounds like scientists will have to um, take the lead here because the cops are like, look, this is not going to be our beat. We're not going right, right. to be scanning the mountainside to see if there is, in fact, a Bigfoot. It actually just looks like a, a tall guy looking around to see if it's safe to pop a squat. And he's got to be, this is a person <laughs> in a costume. I don't even think he's in a costume. No, Donna, are Donna. you insane? All right, I'm looking at the guy. It looks like he's wearing what you were wearing for pickleball, like a sleeveless kind of sweatshirt situation. Donna, honest to goodness, if you don't get an a glaucoma endorsement out of this segment alone, uh-huh. our sales team is asleep at the wheel. Right. Uh-huh. Are you, you that- looking at the same thing I'm yeah. looking at? Yeah, do you think that look. Bigfoot got a hot tip from the Charmin Bears? <laughs> Maybe. Uh-huh. No, like that he he goes and squats. No, no, no. Uh, we're not debating whether or not he squats. Are you are you not seeing a furry, full head-to-toe fur person? No, I see a naked leg and a naked arm and some kind of attire. Now, Steve, I'm with you. That 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 is too Chewbacca-esque. I don't know. Very Chewbacca-esque. He's, Very Chewbacca-esque. He's wearing like a Fred Flintstone outfit. No, he's fully covered <laughs> in a fur costume. All of his body covered in fur except his face. I respectfully disagree. Donna, there are some... <laughs> All right, sales team, the ball's in your court. If this girl in the 11 o'clock hour isn't saying, hi, I'm Donna for some vision institute, you're, what are you even doing over there? I can't even recover. I need to take a break. It's fine. Everything's fine. Except your vision. <laughs> I'm sorry. That thing is like blurry and about two miles away. I don't know how where you're getting this detail. I don't know where you're getting fur. A, a sleeveless sweatshirt and a naked leg. <laughs> we got to go. Oh, bye, my. Holly. Bye, Holly. Bye.